0: It's episode number 35 of the Presentable Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Thien. This week, I'm joined by my old friend, Dan Cederholm. His work at Simple Bits was profoundly influential in the early web, but he may best be known as the co-founder of Dribbble. We talk about the history of that product and community, as well as what it's like to build a reputation as a designer today. So let's get right to it. So have you gotten a new iPhone yet? Did you get any one of the new ones?
1: <laughs> no, I I, I have really? an iPhone seven plus, which is the larger one. Is that the right term for that? Yeah, yeah seven yeah, the plus. plus. Yeah, the plus. And and uh, and I, I've I've waited. I'm I'm holding back on on the 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 ten. Um, well, partially because it's not, you know, it's not available. I didn't pre-order it. I guess I should say. I'm very excited about it though, uh, mainly for the camera. I got that. I got yeah, did, I have
0: this like crippling habit okay. of not like I can't stop <laughs> myself from buying all the stuff. <laughs> I love it, whatever. There's millions of reviews out there. But you know, the thing that I that surprises me that I didn't get just a couple days ago, I got uh one of these wireless Qi chargers. Oh um, yeah. And yeah, I got the one from Mophie. I I looked at all the various ones. And it was the one with the that just seemed the simplest. And and it's kind of like I had this weird experience of a product uh thinking of it from very much from a design perspective of like opening the box and there's this disc and i put it on the table and i plug it in and i'm done and literally the, <laughs> like, the only thing you do is you take your phone out of your pocket and you set please. it down <laughs> <Just> <laughs> and place i was it. like this is amazing it was like it was actually like and now like i walk in the house and i take my phone out of my pocket and i just set it on this thing on the kitchen counter you know when i come in and it just starts charging and there's literally like no user interface yeah. no experience i mean there's a little led and it's subtle and nice and all that stuff and there's like a coating so it doesn't slip off that was one of the complaints of some of the other ah, ones,
1: but, right right um,
0: like, so there is obviously a lot of attention to detail but it is the like lack of any extraneous feature any feature at all really you just set the thing down <laughs> uh right. and it just feels so natural it's like god remember how, like how we used to have to plug like put the little plug yeah. into the jack yeah, and all of a sudden now that seems barbaric that we had to, <laughs> had to do all that. so anyway yes, this that i know my, <laughs> this is my like design experience of the week
1: sharing that's amazing that, imagine being that. the uh i'd love to be uh, working on the support team for that company you know it's probably probably <laughs> a pretty boring day um <laughs> you know like, <laughs> Like Did you phone, set the phone, the phone
0: on the disc? Are you sure it's on? Well, then I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> They're just sitting around playing darts or something in the, in the uh, customer service department. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I I think uh, you know wire, the the idea of wireless charging is is insane to me. Um, to, to the point where I'm, you know, can you touch the the disc when yeah, there's yeah. not a phone? It, on? It, it
0: gets a little warm. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because it does the fast charging. It actually
1: charges pretty quickly. Uh, and like oh, the wow. iPhone
0: 10 doesn't do it yet, but it's a, it's going to. And then I I understand that it, it warms up. Like that's uh, that's part of the part of the deal. But yeah, yeah, you can put your hand on it. You don't have to. Like, <laughs> it's not. Like it's that not that old, shock like, you me know Nik- Nikolai Tesla <laughs> <laughs> in, introduced wireless charging 150 years ago. You just couldn't get in the way. That was he, just that could, he <laughs>
1: couldn't be in the room when. <laughs> that's, that's right. It worked, but. Uh. <laughs> Uh no, it's cool. Well, I I, I you've inspired me. I'm I'm going to I forgot about the wireless charging as a feature for the 10. And yet another reason to get it, right? Um, yeah. Well, so, Apple's yeah. coming out with a really fancy one where then then you can like put your
0: your uh AirPod case and your your watch White. and lay, yeah, lay it all, all on in this one. big pad and everything. Yeah. Goes, so I'm sure I'll upgrade to that too.
1: That's that's a big deal. I mean, I, honestly in terms of just making sure everything's charged. Yeah.
0: Well, that's our life, right? Is is going through lists of things and making sure they're not bold anymore and then making sure all our batteries
1: are charged. Those are the two <laughs> things of modern life, I feel. Like, my uh, god, you've just nailed the uh <laughs> this yeah, you just nailed the work day. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Jeez. Um speaking of work day, how's yours? Pretty good. Do you have the same job as you had before? I do. Yes. I'm yep, I'm at Dribbble. Um my title is co-founder, so that <laughs> remains co-fighter yeah. so I, you know i, I do good. a sort of variety of of different things over there which is which is good i fortunate to be able to um you know to 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 finally have some some of the operational stuff off off my back and and uh and, and able to do some some stuff that i like to do which is just really yeah. i just like to make stuff you know i just like to create stuff and uh doing doing more of that now
0: you guys started in 2009 right isn't that right just yeah. to give a little context and then you you sold the company last year. Yep, in yeah, January almost and, a year ago. Yeah. To uh Meta Lab, or I guess it's called Tiny now. Yes. Uh, they're doing sort of almost almost like a holding company of small bootstrapped designy things like Designer News and Crew, the the
1: freelancer thing, right? Is it
0: yeah. I have do I have that right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Tiny.
1: Yep, Tiny is um you know a- Andrew Wilkinson and Chris Sparling, right, and yeah. uh, they, they they created this uh, yeah basically like an umbrella company. That's a good way to put it um, of of design designy companies. Um, and uh, and Dribble Dribble's now in that family. It, it's cool because it's it's like this little collective of, of of design companies. And so far, so good. Yeah, that's good. So between 2009
0: and 2016, a few things must have happened. I would imagine. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Yeah. So uh, I've got a variety of different ways in here. You and I worked together. Um, yeah. You know, back in, I think it was like 2008. We did a little project together. That's right. Uh, yeah. Thereabouts. Uh, I had, we had known each other from conferences. Um, your books, uh, your your blog posts and stuff were sort of pivotal in the. I'd call it like the Web 2.0 days of of people kind of figuring out the next generation of how. Design was going to work. Yeah, a standards-based design was going to work. It was you and there was Doug Bowman, and there was just a whole bunch of other people that were in the spirit of the times, kind of figuring stuff out and giving away that knowledge for free. But in um, as a byproduct, building up a reputation. Yes, uh, you yes, know, yes, And so you, under the sort of Simple Bits brand, were doing lots of design. You did a lot of design, a lot of products that uh, that I was a fan of and stuff like that. Oh. uh and so around that time you you and rich started up this thing to help people share what they're working on yeah i think that was sort of the basic premise and it turned into something totally different why don't you yeah to hear a little bit about that story because i know that like the people that are listening uh i'm sure have uh the same level of just like oh my god dribble has been has been this this really kind of fundamental part of uh life of a designer Mm. um be great to get into that a little bit
1: yeah yeah sure that's that's awesome um yeah, and I just to touch on the the past a little bit there too. You know, I was um, uh, a large fan of yours going way back, you know, <laughs> web monkey days and all that stuff. So, it was uh you just got me nostalgic for a second there. Um the <laughs> monkey. Web, web monkey is going way back. Right? Going seriously, <laughs> right? Uh hotwired and anyway, so I I um yeah, we started uh dribble Rich Thornett and I um back in 2000 Nine. it was actually it might have been two thousand eight when the when the ideas first started actually but um you know and it, it was a side project really it, it was um you know it was a t-shirt and a logo before it was anything else <laughs> and an, and an idea and um it's one of those things that um you know started innocently and then and then you know, fortunately for us you know grew into an actual uh business and community and I mean, just a giant learning experience along the whole way. You know, we we didn't sit down and have a business plan or or, or anything like that. It just sort of it evolved um, organically, and we just kind of had to. We had to learn on the spot, <laughs> and uh, sometimes that's fun, and sometimes that's really challenging. And uh, sure, uh, you know, as a as a designer, you know, so previous to to dribble, um, I, I was consulting and. And speaking and, and writing and and um you know more in the in the web design space or the front end development space and and um I don't have a business I don't have a degree at all actually so I I don't <laughs> <I'm> all is <always laughs> running running a business stuff and having employees and and that was just a massive learning experience and I'm glad I'm glad we had it and um, it was tough but but a lot learned a lot learned
0: I seem to recall you telling me like very early on that the intent would dribble or at least your first sort of iteration on the idea was literally just like hey what do you got like what's in your frontmost layer in photoshop right now like <laughs> dump it on the web yeah like just stick it over there and like just show like sh- let's just do that and like yeah. and maybe you were even like considering like oh it's this little thing you install that just does that every hour or something yeah, right? like, yeah. just shoots it off and and as a real like almost nothing to do with self-promotion portfolios like trying to get work you know stuff like that right. like the idea of like putting a little heart next to something and clicking on it and giving a like was almost a, like a yeah sure we'll throw that on there What you know <laughs> right that way you can show you know something looks interesting you hit the like button but not as this like currency for you know i don't know tell me a little bit about that change
1: yeah you're you're very right i mean it initially i think the 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 the, the first idea of it um, came about, there was a couple things I think that were, they're that inspirational there. And, and one is just, well, actually one is Twitter in general, just sort of the, um, uh, the community that was built around, uh, the web, web people and Twitter and, uh, and keeping a status of what you're up to. So I, I remember going to conferences and being like, and I'm sure I did it to you too. walk up, Hey, what are you working on right now? Like, what are you doing? Mm, yeah. Cause that was before, yeah. you know, Twitter was around, but but Facebook and you know, Instagram and all that wasn't, wasn't around. You, you had just less insight into what people were doing if you, unless you were like close friends with them. And, uh, but I was like fascinated. Like, I want to see what I want to see what's on Jeff's screen. I want to be able to look over his shoulder and see what he's doing right now. Cause I'm really curious and I want to, I want to know what, what's the, the next big thing is that, that he's doing. So, um, and that's the, the first thing I would ask someone when I see him in person is what are you working on? And, um, and also, at the time, Cameron Mall—I don't know if some, some of you might remember his—he um, did something on his blog called the Screen Grab Confab, and he was <laughs> basically like posing that question: like, what? What's share a snapshot of something you're doing right now? And then in the comments of the blog post, um, people would show you know what they were doing, um, basically what's on their screen, and it wasn't necessarily something they've created, maybe, but <laughs> just like a piece of of what they were doing. Um, so that was that was inspirational as well it's like wow this is really interesting like if we pose the question and make a place for people to to put this stuff that could be that could be pretty pretty interesting or at least we thought it might be but we had no idea how people were going to use it you know i remember initially when we first started it and and even some of my early uploads were were this like I, i was like working in keynote or something and i Just took a screenshot of what what that was. It wasn't like a piece of art or a piece of design or a piece of anything. It was just what I was doing at the time. So, and that's that would probably get pretty boring after a while. (laughs) Realizing now, (laughs) and thankfully the uh, these these initial people that we invited to to use the site, you know, privately, it became obvious very quickly that this was going to be something different that people wanted to share. Something that was interesting visually, and you know, we were fortunate. I mean, we we invited uh, you know, around fifty of our of our friends really to to test this thing initially. Um, and we sent a t shirt and a a little handwritten postcard with the uh-huh. with, with with the uh, invitation code on it in the mail. And I think that helped in guilting these friends into actually trying the thing that you're trying to get them to do because you know everyone's he went to all this trouble yeah. <laughs> yeah. right exactly. what, like, he's work- what he's doing like I, I will dribble what is that uh, you know okay well he sent a t-shirt so i i guess i should check it is out it's supposed to have three b's i remember that <laughs> right thinking, is yeah that right oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. right you're like oh there's a card here and he signed it even <laughs> yep. so i'm gonna have to I guess I'll check it out you know and and I think that worked um in a way and um and 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 so those 50 or so folks that that uh, uploaded the first things to dribble you know privately it was sort of behind a, a a wall, but that was immensely helpful in seeding what the community would become um and I think that was really important as a foundation, you know, for what it would become. And, mm-hmm. and then we could just sort of sit back and watch the way people used it. And it, we wouldn't have been able to do that if we, if we had a concrete plan and a business plan and everything out the gate. Cause I don't, you know, I think we would have failed miserably there. And it was more about, you know, uh, observing how people use it, paving those cow paths along the way. And then, uh, once the community was big enough, uh, by by those fifty people inviting their friends and so on, uh, then then we could sort of take the curtain back and and uh, say, "Hey, this was interesting to this group of people. Maybe it's interesting to to uh, the world and And then we sort of uh, opened it up that way. So when you had those first, uh,
0: groups of users that you, that you invited in kind of handpicked, yeah. uh, the site itself wasn't accessible to the public and like people couldn't see that work. You, you kept it all
1: inside. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. So it was at, for about, I'd say nine months or so, um, the site was private, uh, it was sort of hidden from the public and that alone it was good and bad actually cause it was good in that people that felt like it was a safe place they could share things. Uh, um, and then we, yeah. which nine months is probably too long to, to do that because then we, uh, you know, we obviously we communicated with, with the community like, Hey, this is actually going to be public soon, blah, blah, blah. And I think once, once it did go public, I think some people were, they were like, Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. I wouldn't have shared this thing, you know? Uh, that 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 was uh and actually this is a funny story that goes along with that in a uh, mutual friend of ours who you mentioned earlier doug doug bowman he was a creative director at twitter at the time and this was early on in in dribble and i remember he he uploaded um just something you know i was like hey this is some ideas i'm working on and it was like kind of a a snapshot of what the twitter profile could could be you know he was just messing around with it um and i think you know, D- Doug was really active when it was private, and we—I think it was not long after it was turned public. And I'm—I haven't asked him this, but I fear that maybe he thought it was private still. <laughs> In any case, it was out there, and it got picked up by you know some of the tech press out there that you know twitter twitter's creative director unveils new you know profile <laughs> design you know and, and uh and i think he i don't know for sure but i i don't think the top brass there was happy about uh the <laughs> fact that that was you know creating uh creating some confusion or whatever but i i i, I love that and i think the, the shot is still there actually so But having a private space for your friends versus the public self promotion portfolio ish thing—that is what Dribble sort of became uh, eventually. And it took, you know, it took a few years to sort of complete that transition. But um, for the early days, uh, those those folks had this little kind of bubble, you know, little little uh, community that that was uh, it was fun yeah yeah you've you mentioned some inspiration with twitter
0: as in like what's happening what are you doing right now but there's also the idea of constraint on that too right twitter with a 140 characters um, yes for most of yeah. most of its history and you with a very constrained like i don't remember what the dimensions were or how many pixels it was but like here's your box that's all you get yeah you're not uploading files you're not taking the whole screen like you get uh what were the what were the original yeah dimensions?
1: yeah so it was um you know actually initially it was 500 by 500 pixels so it's a square and then we pretty quickly changed which is like an icon now <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly a low res version of an icon <laughs> um and we we pretty quickly changed that to 400 by 300 so four by three that felt like a, oh, an easier yeah. way to right. or just a nicer way of displaying a bunch of different you know the same the same uh things and um yeah, you're absolutely right. That that Twitter was a inspiration in that way. And the the constraint that it puts on um which I always loved uh I think it I mean I think all us designers, right, we love constraints and and uh you know, I, I think that that was that was certainly uh something that set us apart from the other sites like at the time, you know, Flickr uh would have been Something, why why don't you just use Flickr because um, uh, you know you can upload anything to Flickr but right and this was um, this was about sort of leveling the playing field more and saying hey this, you have this little box so what can you do in, in this box and sort of put your put your best foot forward or try try to make what's the most interesting part of what you're doing visually right now and then share that um, and it is like the, the 140 characters. Uh, mm-hmm. now we've since uh increased that to 800 by 600 because <laughs> when, when, which is still small actually so yeah. w- and that's for um you know retina screen high, high dpi screens, so that we can we can show a crisper version of of, uh, of the the 400 by 300 size um yeah and we have attachments which are can be any size. So there's definitely an evolution there that that we're still working on. Um, where I, I think that the constraint is part of what makes dribble unique, and at the same time, things are moving quickly. Uh, things are changing. Different you know screen sizes, different uh, resolutions, and and things. And and we want to be able to support all of that, so you can just share. You know, you can share whatever you're doing. So there's a challenge there, I think, to be, not to uh, pull the rug out from everybody that likes the constraints, uh, but at the same time, be able to offer something that's uh, a little more flexible. You know?
0: Well, and you know, uh, what it did was, as opposed to other sort of por- portfolio sites, which we can talk about in a little bit, but it felt like that people would design for Dribble. You know what I mean? Right, taking right. work that they were doing in elsewhere and say, okay, now how do I take this and interpret it in a way that I can share yeah. <laughs> as part of that community? Yes, I always found that really, really interesting. Yeah,
1: interesting or or yeah, I mean, so I'm glad you said interesting. You know, or what? <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I don't know, know, honestly. I thought like I thought it was interesting okay, good, in that good. like
1: it it uh, yeah. it
0: was like you had to stop and say like, okay, I'm sharing is not just like me taking
1: the work and putting it out there. Yeah,
0: sharing is me figuring out how to interpret it for the kind of
1: story that i'm going to tell yeah sure. yeah and that's like that's self I mean curation in a way right yeah, yeah like yeah. how do i get there's so much stuff out there how do i get people to be interested in what i'm doing and I, I think you're right i'm glad you said interesting i think at, you know there was a time maybe it's still happening but uh dribble was ruining the design industry or something you know by by what exactly what you're talking about where a bunch of people you know a lot of the community is is um designing for twitter for dribble rather than solving a problem a real problem um Hmm. and uh i always (laughs) obviously we 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 weren't a a huge fan of those articles but and i can sort of i can see their point to some extent but there's nothing wrong to me there's nothing wrong with visual design as its own thing right like um there, there is a, there is a problem being solved underneath it. And maybe, maybe the person's not explaining what that is, uh, on dribble, but I think it's, I always, I always see dribble as a springboard to, to get interested in other things, whether that's, you know, finding this amazing illustrator I didn't know about before, or, um, finding out about this product that this team I've been following is going to be launching or, um, that kind of thing. I, I think, Dribble has never been the place up to this point to tell the complete story. It's more of a way of an efficient way of sort of getting through a lot of design and designers and um, and a curated, sometimes self curated version of that, which I think is I think can be really helpful with the amount of stuff that's out there.
0: This episode of Presentable is brought to you by our friends at Casper. Casper are the company focused on sleep, and they're dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend a third of your life sleeping. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's as best as it possibly can be, and that's why you need a mattress from Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans, with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. It's got all the right support in all the right places. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S., and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. With over 20,000 reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars, Casper is quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver directly to your door, and if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash presentable and using presentable at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's casper.com slash presentable and offer code presentable. We thank Casper for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So, yeah, we were talking a little bit there about kind of designing for dribble. Do you get a sense that people are also kind of designing for likes and, and and, and using it as a kind of, not just that sort of kind of, I don't know self fulfillment or dopamine that we get from <laughs> m- most social media yeah. but also as a way of like uh, this is how I'm going to get out there I'm going to get a lot of likes and I'm going to start bubbling up more in some of the the ways that Dribble pr- you know shows off the work and um and so does that turn into almost like this kind of closed loop inside of Dribble of everybody de- trying to design for each other and uh, I don't know is that
1: has that been an issue Yeah I mean it definitely ha- has I mean it, people have called called us out on that um you know in 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 uh arguably well-written articles on medium and and things so (laughs) but, but uh yeah i i think i think that that is a byproduct of having a popular page for instance and having a list of designers that are ordered or ranked somehow by popularity and you know, we, we've, we've taken strides to, to mitigate that. And we, we spend a lot of time trying to curate the community ourselves and, and shine a spotlight on, on people that are obviously talented, but maybe don't get as many likes as, as some others. Um, the other, the other interesting thing about popularity, um, and this isn't, isn't just for dribble, but for, for any, you know, social network is, you know, one someone that, gets popular, stays popular usually. And it's like this Mm. self, self feeding machine that, um, is, it seems hard to, to, to break into that. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, I, I always look at the work and I, you know, it's hard to argue that the work that becomes popular on dribble isn't, um, interesting, right? It's, it usually is really interesting. And, um, so it's popular for a reason. I think it's it's a it's a good question though. I I think we get dinged on it quite a bit in terms of hmm. people trying to game the system, for instance. Or, but I, I think if they're if they're if they're using the site, if they're not buying likes from people, which I don't. I, hopefully, that's not the thing that, that happens. But um, if they're not <laughs> if they're not illegally gaming the system, and they're actually you know producing producing consistent consistently good work um you know then they're probably popular for a reason then um and uh i think the same could be said about twitter or instagram or 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 whatnot um you know hopefully the work is is hopefully the work of the people that are popular is you know worthy of being at that level i guess
0: have you have you noticed any sort of like one of the big things that's happening facebook and twitter in our in our modern age here is this notion of how how firmly it cements the kind of this human nature towards tribalism Mm. right that it that it reinforces the things you already believe and reinforces your own biases because these algorithms are designed to feed that back to you because you show interest in them and it's and that Uh, kind of loop and i wonder has that have, have you seen that kind of stuff like are there are there various camps in in dribble uh that don't interact or or have there, have there been conflicts between audiences or
1: things like that yeah no that's really interesting i i, I totally agree um that of the tribalism aspect of it i think on dribble um it tends to it tends to break down into into skills so there's you know there's a large illustrator contingent and a large you know icon design contingent, contingent and logo design is another one and then there's ui design as well and there's motion and so the, the, there is like these there are these sub communities kind of that that, that are, have arisen um which is really interesting and the, and those can be kind of self self-contained you know the, the other <laughs> from a from a community standpoint you know the other challenging part has always been content for us you know people uploading politically charged stuff or mm. um and that, that one in particular, uh, obviously these days has been, has been difficult. So, or, or if it's, uh, you know, suggest, uh, like nude things or, you know, it's like where, and, and that, that opens up this, this debate about what, what's art and what's offensive. And then mm-hmm. also like, what's, what's just politically trying to stir up controversy versus, no, this is like a visual thing I wanted to share. And, and it puts, it puts dribble in a, you know, in an odd position to sort of be this gatekeeper of what's appropriate or not. And, um, which is really challenging because we all have our own personal views on, on this stuff. And, and then there's free speech. And then, you know, so it's, that's created a, but I've mentioned (laughs) just the potential for
0: abuse between you know, between, um, users and stuff like exactly. that we're seeing another exactly all of that stuff it seems to me that you and rich uh, from from the conversations i've had with you over these years have been very focused uh on community like you use that word all the time you always talk about the drivel community like mm, like i don't yeah. hear people talk about the facebook community right like it's you know it's <laughs> right. what is it two two billion <laughs> two people million. it's it's right yeah but but you guys have really it seems like that was your focus and i know that and and we don't have to get into all the details of the acquisition and stuff but i know that you that's what what you led with is that that if we're going to find a home for dribble it's going to be a place where the community can persist and be cared for so when you say gatekeeper it feels more like community management right like than than really kind of an arbitrator but i don't know maybe it's maybe it's both but
1: no you're um, totally right it seems
0: like that's been the focus
1: yeah you're absolutely right and i i think uh i always considered us all community managers you know on the on the team um and that was our primary our primary task and i think our our primary responsibility over the years to me anyway was was fostering the community and shining a light on people that, that, uh, that deserve it. And that, that wasn't necessarily, that wasn't the focus from the beginning, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's just like, you know, Hey, what are you working on? But, um, that's something that evolved organically just from, from the site, you know, these meetups would start popping up without us being involved. It was just like, Hey, you know, London's going to have a meetup and, uh, we would hear about, so we, then we started, organizing the the formation of those on the site to make it easier for people to get together. And, you know, after several years of this, we're, we're like, this, this really, it, it dawned on us that the community is the, the product really for dribble. And I think that's what makes it unique. It's less utility and more, more people based. And I always, I always like that about it. And I'm glad we evolved to that way, that way. And rather, rather than, um, you know, rather than straight utility.
0: Um, yeah, but do you find that that would sometimes be at odds with the fact that the product itself does need to make money? you got to pay for the servers and people' <laughs> salaries and, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah, um, definitely. And it feels like there can be a lot of tension between the money-making aspect of it and a, and
1: of genuinely fostering a community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, you know, our first, well, aside from advertising initially, you know, our first product was was pro like a pro account, which is, you know, an inexpensive yearly uh excuse me, yearly fee for the designers themselves to to get some extra features. And I remember when we launched that, it was like people were just grateful to give us money to keep us going. <laughs> you know, they were really grateful that that um because there there was there's a lot of different ways we could go. And once there was like a little bit of success, you know, uh, we could have raised money. Uh we had a lot of uh you know we had some acquisition and money um interest early on and uh you know i'm i'm happy the i'm happy that we spent the next few, even as much as it probably um took years off our life we, i'm glad we spent <laughs> <laughs> the time uh you know doing it on our own uh bootstrapping continuing to bootstrap it while we're while we're growing the community and not um not taking, not turning the the community into a, into a product that you, like mm-hmm. you said, it's a real, that's a delicate balance. You, there's so many ways you can, you can mess that up. Um, and I was, I think that's the thing I was continually amazed by over the years is that we, hopefully we didn't screw it up. Um, and I always, that was like the, every day that was kind of like the goal. All right, let's, let's not let this thing. Uh, let's not, let's not, not screw yeah, it up. let's not screw it up today. Okay. You know, like very, keep it going. Very motivational. Yeah, it really is. Right.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, my experience talking to other people that have developed kind of community based products is just the unbelievable sense of ownership that people have that not only are they putting their own content into the system, uh, but they're making connections between other people and. Uh, a lot of times, it feels like that can get. As a product designer, it can escape your hands, right? And like, I don't own this anymore. And uh, every change I make is is
1: fraught with the community's opinion, and <laughs> yeah, that's yes. got to be pretty tough too. Yeah? Yes, yes. Oh, that's amazingly tough. Um, and and you're you know the skin thickening is 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 real, and um, it has to be. And, and every yeah, so everything we change, you know, you're sort of bracing for for that reaction from the community. Do they like it? Do they hate it? Um, and you know, we didn't always, we didn't always nail it for sure. There's, there's been a couple things that we, that we had to backtrack on. Um, I I think the, 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 the thing that's important is to, is to keep listening, you know, regardless of how successful the business gets and how big it gets and, and all that is you got to keep listening to, the, you know, after a while you get to know the community, not everyone obviously, but you get to know certain act, I'll call them actors in the community that, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, this person's crazy. So they, they hate everything. So I'm not really going <laughs> to <laughs> like point taken, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like put a lot of stock into that. Uh, but, but this person has been with us for eight years we know this person, their opinion really does matter. And, and so you get enough of those people, you know, criticizing something you've done, then obviously you got to listen and, and maybe make some changes. Uh, and, and that's, that's a balance too. I mean, like you said, it is a business, you got to keep it going. And those decisions were always difficult. Uh, but I wish I had some sage advice here to throw in at the end, but
0: it's just hard it is it it's, like. hard. It's, it's hard it's hard it's constant work constant
1: listening yeah what it sounds it, like constant listening is exactly it and i and it never ends uh <laughs> never ends at all ever um so, so 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 get out there and start a start a community it's a lot of fun stay in school kids yeah. just right um. <laughs>
0: uh let's talk let's talk a little bit about what it takes today to build a name for yourself as a designer mm, um, yeah and whether yeah. uh how necessary that is, like how should people be thinking about like showing their work, getting publicity, should they be using social media like i can't i I had the tremendous privilege of being a web designer when there was like nine of them. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it started exactly. so early. Right. That like yeah. then, like how you, you just did some and everyone saw it because you saw everything that was posted on the, um, <laughs> on the Mozilla What's New page. You know? like that, was, that was pretty much. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I can't even imagine what it must be like to start today. Oh my you know, god. We're, we're tw- yeah. 25 years into this web stuff the, the, or, or not even web stuff, but digital design is, is design. You know, right. There's very little right. anything else. What do you think? What do you what do you see? Do you see new people like popping into the system now and like gaining uh
1: popularity or notoriety or I don't know what's yeah. How what do you think? This is I I love this topic because it's it's fascinating what's happening. It's a great question. I like you. I you know, I feel like I was really fortunate to be in a time where um things moved a lot slower and you could get a real handle on you know the 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 community of bloggers for instance that were just sharing sharing their knowledge about how to solve certain problems. And then, you know, the browsers weren't updating all that regularly. So, which was actually a good thing in that as a collective, we'd come up with solutions to, to things that, um, you could write a paper book on and that would still be relevant, you know, a couple of years later. But now I don't even, you know, I, I don't even know in terms of web design, you know, it's, it's just overwhelming to me. I, I think keeping up with with everything, and it's all exciting stuff, and makes life easier. Will make life easier for for anyone that gets involved. But as a as as someone that you know had a certain way of building websites in the past, um, it does it does get overwhelming with with what's going on and trying to keep up with everything. Um, I think the fact that you and I still talk about websites. <laughs> you know,
0: like, yeah right maybe um, the yeah. in, in the unbelievable number of digital products that are out there yeah. it's like yeah but we're you know websites how did the tabs work on the website right right,
1: right? right. it's like i just outed myself as a you know complete, that's right. uh yeah i'm just left behind uh yeah you're right i mean it's not just websites it's it's everything and um well i you know i think that that's a good point in that you know these days i, I think specializing is important and or necessary because there's just too much to you know the webmaster days are, are long gone right where you like this one sure, person did sure, everything sure, sure. uh and and now you know you can specialize in something something really really specific and and that's good um and i think it you have to i don't i don't i think you'd, you'd be too overwhelmed uh trying to trying to learn everything but in in terms of uh to get back to your your question though in terms of how how you build a name for yourself that's really that's a really good question because you know for me it was it was blogging and writing and just getting information out or getting my thought process out there and and then you know sort of like like minded people um would would band together and and that's how you build a following back then you know now I think obviously blogs are not or personal blogs are are certainly not as popular or used as much. I think it's, yeah, I think it is social media to be honest. I think, you know, sites like Dribbble or Instagram or, or Twitter or, you know, just getting your, you have many more ways to broadcast what you're up to. And I think that using all of those is, is probably the important way to get, to get yourself known. And um, as opposed to just, you know, doing your own, one weblog and uh and then everyone kind of hitting that and, and knowing what you're about so i think it's uh, mm-hmm. i think it's it's social media it's so it's it's all of those things um and i don't know That's a good like i would i would love to ask somebody that has just become known over the last couple of years you know how, how did they do it and i'm trying to i'm trying to think like i think it's yeah, it's probably what. What other? What else is there besides? So, I don't know. What do you, Jeff? What do you think? Well, how would you how I would think... you do it? How would you do it today? Oh my god! I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I often tell people is that one of the most important skills that you can develop is an ability to tell a story about about the
1: work yeah. that you do. Yeah,
0: and it's and it really is a narrative storytelling process. It's got a beginning and a middle and an end and it's got conflict and there's a protagonist and there's you know yeah. other characters and you do character development and even if those are like stakeholders and clients and mm-hmm. um and you know the conflict is the thing that didn't work and the deadline and all of that but to be able to craft that story yeah and to illustrate that story um goes hand in hand right and so i think you know sites like dribble or or behance or where whatever the new one is now where you can post a portfolio yep, you have yep. to be able to show the work obviously and the work's got to look good but what's most important is the story behind it yeah yeah and um and to me that is exactly what you're saying it is a combination of a, of a variety of different venues that you can sort of tell that story in a way that's going to reach the most number of people so whether it's you know medium posts or or writing up a thing for a portfolio site or building your own Squarespace site or WordPress site or whatever it is, right, you right, know, right, it is a lot more difficult today because it, it covers so much surface area more now than it ever has. But the reality is it's not that much different than the stories that we've always been telling. And I just, uh, I remember like yeah. you telling your blog post, you were like, here's the problem that I was trying to solve for. I wanted to do this, this, and this. Here's a reason so that I couldn't, because it didn't work in this browser and this browser and this browser. And so yeah. here are the solution, you know, and, and walking through. And when I see it done really successfully, I see it done from a place, the motivation of, I want to share what I learned mm. rather than I want to promote myself. Yeah. I think those are very, very different. I think if you share what you learn with honesty and and some humility and, and just like, this is what worked and this is why it worked. And it worked for me, I don't know if it'll work for you. But yeah. if you can do that in a way that connects with people, the promotion part takes care of itself. It's a little bit like how you guys, if you took care of the community, the business part would take care of itself, sort of, right? Like absolutely um, it feels it feels uh analogous there but i don't know that's
1: oh i, I think you i think you've nailed it i think that's exactly it and uh, you know write, writing storytelling and writing it, it comes down to that as a as a a skill to build i think for people and and for us it was on the blog you know a blog or a list apart or you know uh hotwired or whatever it is web monkey but uh and now it's just wherever you can publish, you know, wherever you can publish it's medium or, 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 or a portfolio, uh, site or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think the, the story, the storytelling and, and coming from, I think that's the, the important part too, that that you mentioned is the, not the motivation, but the, um, the reason, yeah, the reason for sharing that knowledge has to be genuine, Right. In order for it to to work, and then the uh the fame comes later. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully for better or worse. Yeah,
0: um there can be. I, th- I I think there can be a sort of a selfish component to it, and that's all right. Which is to test whether you really know something. Yeah, you should try to teach it to somebody else. But yeah. so yeah. even if it is a way of like I'm really going to make sure that I know what I'm doing, and the way I'm going to do that is to go into kind of a very vulnerable space and 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 try to say like here's what i here's what I figured out and mm. see if other people get it yeah and if they get it oh, okay, then I think I must know it myself yeah
1: uh, it's a good way to test yourself absolutely I, I found like writing writing books that was exactly that for me um i didn't necessarily know i i don't consider myself an expert on any of these things, but uh, I was willing to jump in and learn as I was writing it, yeah to sort of test the like Okay. I, I guess I do understand this enough to to share uh with other people that might get something out of it. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh that's all good stuff. What's uh what's going on in the future of
1: dribble now? It's uh
0: it's got it's part of a new home, so to speak. Um, yes, yes.
1: You, you guys are always working on new stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's going full steam ahead. It really is. I mean, we we heard eight people uh at the time of the acquisition, so almost a year ago and now we're i think we're up to like 24 people. So within the wow. year, you know, we've <laughs> like tripled in size. And and so we're we're firing on a lot of different uh, cylinders here. A lot of uh just more more uh more people in the engine has has meant, you know, a lot a lot of things being looked at and taken care of that that weren't before, which is really nice. I see this in
0: startups all the time. Like 20 25 people is when the first wave of everything you built, all of it breaks when you get to that size.
1: Like, <laughs> there is a lot of the it.
0: way you communicate, <laughs> and like just how all of that stuff—it just like oh, we got to reinvent all of that stuff now. None of it works anymore. So you must be going through some of that, I would.
1: Imagine. Yeah, exactly, and, and so that's and that's not the, um, necessarily exciting for from the outside world. Like, what what have you been doing? You know, for the last year, When under the covers. We we've been doing a lot, you know, reducing that that technical debt that's been built up. Um, you know, and actually having leadership in place is is great. Um, we, Zach Onisco, our CEO, um, has been great and, and, uh, much, much needed as, as a, as a guiding force. Um, that isn't, you know, with Rich and I, we were both trying to do everything, um, while at the same time, um, building, you know, being builders ourselves. And that can take you, that can only take you so far before you, you either get burned out or or um you know it's just there's just too much to do
0: so you two as co-founders brought in a ceo that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal
1: yeah it was a big deal yeah and that hap- that was after the uh after the acquisition um huh. yeah and so you know that that was that was important and again like we you know i didn't go to business school or much school at all so <laughs> you know there's just there's just holes there you know and and uh in, in some basic things in, in running a business. And I mean, we, we you know, we, we, it worked for a long time and, and I think it would, would have continued to work, continued to work, but, uh, maybe at the detriment of, of Rich and I's sanity perhaps.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's, a, I, we feel like it's in good hands and, and, um, there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of exciting things going on uh, around, uh, you know, hiring through Dribble and. Uh, if you're a freelancer, for instance, and getting work uh, and that type of thing, and then and then there's sort of the evolution of of dribble as a platform itself, like we were talking about earlier, where we have this constraint. How do we how do we evolve that with the 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 evolution of of screen design that's happening, right? How do we how do we maintain our uniqueness, but also be able to support um, other other ways of sharing? Um, so that stuff we'll be exploring. You know, this this upcoming year. And um it should be exciting. It should be fun.
0: That sounds like it.
1: It sounds like it. That
0: uh that idea of like a freelance marketplace is something I've <laughs> seen a lot of people try to do. You know, you've had like the big more general elance and Odesk and stuff right, like that. Right, right. Uh building these marketplaces. Um, but I still <clears throat> and I've looked at a bunch of them. I still have not seen anybody kind of get it right for the design profession or mm. illustration or all yeah. of those other kind of disciplines within design for how to successfully kind of negotiate the process like it's discovery is one thing like yeah. oh here's 10 designers i like them all i'm gonna reach out to all of them right. and stuff right. but from that point on i know like you said yourself like you didn't go to business school but <laughs> yeah you know and like contract negotiation and and all of that kind of stuff it feels like there's so much that could make the act of hiring a designer so much easier yes yes um so that people would do it more and that um and that designers would have more work and that they you know and all of that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, yes. Being freelance is really hard and it is s- almost entirely separate from the work itself which is frustrating I think for a lot of people. So I think that's an area where there's a tremendous room for growth.
1: Well, that's good news for us I think because yeah I think the goal would be to help solve some of those problems that you just mentioned. Uh like the other side of being a freelancer, you know, whether it's like keeping track of clients and billing and taxes and like all, all this sort of financial operational stuff of being a, a freelancer. Um, ho- hopefully we can, we can help in that regard. Um, because you're right, it is, it is completely separate. I mean, there's, you could be immensely talented as a, and as an illustrator, for instance, but, um, you know, the other side of the, of, of it is, is, is the business side and, and dealing with clients. And those are two very different skill sets. um, so the more we can help that that other side, yeah. Hopefully we just get people more work. And. Didn't I see just like a couple of weeks ago you guys were trying to you, you're brokering health insurance for
0: freelance designers or something
1: like oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, right. So um, that's remarkable. Yeah, yeah. We we um, partnered with with Stride uh, Stride Health and um to to try to uh, you know that's like a, a first step in that direction exactly. Um because you know that's frankly that's like a, a major <laughs> like uh, a major hurdle for someone that wants to go independent and uh is 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 health health insurance i remember b- before i was independent that was that was always the scariest part of of um of making the leap and so i'm i'm excited that that uh companies like stride and you know are are, are starting you know starting to help tackle that problem and make it just a little bit easier and i um hopefully we see more of it but um yeah
0: yeah there are a lot of a lot of hurdles going to independent like yeah I'm glad you guys are working on that stuff cool uh this is fantastic man i always enjoy hanging out with you it lost, <laughs> yeah um it's awesome where should we uh send people to learn more your simple bits
1: at twitter yeah yep twitter on stuff. simple bits and and simple bits on instagram which i yeah. uh i've oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. been doing some drone photography there you can watch me lose my drone oh, nice. eventually and um <laughs> uh yeah and then on dribble uh simple bits on dribble
0: yeah i'll put yeah i'll put links to all of that in the show notes and people can check it out dan thanks for being on the show i really appreciate it thanks thanks for having me jeff always a pleasure and that's another episode of presentable